This is Life I Swear, where we share stories and reflections from Black women about trials in their lives that have helped them heal, connect, and process. Every week, we hold space for storytelling that both challenges and inspires us to be good to ourselves. I'm your host, Chloe Dulce Livueso. Black women and girls deserve access to healing, healing that will impact generations to come. There is one organization that I love that is showing up for Black women and girls in unique and powerful ways, the Loveland Foundation. Through fellowships, residency programs, listening tours, and its therapy fund, which provides financial assistance to Black women and girls seeking therapy, the Loveland Foundation contributes to both the empowerment and the liberation of our communities. I love to see us collectively commit to our wellness, and by simultaneously supporting each other, there is power in community. To donate to the Loveland Foundation or to explore other ways to give, visit thelovelandfoundation.org. I start this season five of the podcast in the same way I ended the book, with one knowing that it is never too late to reimagine new versions of ourselves. I believe in transformation. I'm sitting here in awe of how transformation has played out for so many of us over the last two years. This week exactly in 2020, our lives changed. Since then, many of us who once poured our non-billable hours into improving existing infrastructures at work have instead opted to pour that same energy into creating new infrastructures and practices that support our own well-being outside of the workplace. And here we are. We're following through with what we always knew, but didn't give or get permission to put into practice. That in order to do our best work, our mental and emotional health needs to be nurtured. And in order to show up as our best in any room we enter, most of us need to feel a sense of ownership over our work and our worth. It's rare that Black women experience a workplace they can correlate to such sentiments. And this time we have been rethinking our output versus our input. I chose to use this time on my book. I wanted to offer Black women solace and a safe space to be seen, reflected, and understood, knowing this is both what we needed most and what we received least. And in doing so, I've seen transformation. In community, Black women are reclaiming our time and energy to be reaffirmed and re-inspired. Personally, through both tension and relief, I've had a creative recovery that has in its own way been spiritual chiropractic. And so thank you to everyone who has been part of my book release in November. All of those who contributed, championed, purchased, asked questions, gifted, who attended and shared and reaffirmed. I have been stretched. I have been loved on and I'm on the other side of my book being published, feeling more in touch and in tune with myself and with this beautiful community that has reached out their hand in love, 
support, and with confirmation that we all go through stuff. We're all figuring it out. Messily yet beautifully because this life is complicated and magical at the same time. And yes, I love to think, speak, and believe in life in poetic ways. I'm excited to launch into season five of this podcast. It's been two years since the book was ideated and nearly the same since the podcast was birthed. I still hold true to my intention to bring stories to us of and by Black women that share our truths, crack open our hearts, shift our perspectives, heal our wounds, inspire us to believe in love of self and others, and make space for new narratives and second chances. Because I believe there is dignity to every story and wisdom in every journey. I'm still finding words to describe just how much my heart has cracked open and just how much this past season of life, through its pain and its joy, has both provoked and provided for me in all the peace it's bestowed. But when I do find those words, they will come, and I will share. Coming off the heels of having shared my own story, there are a few things I've learned or been reminded of that carry me into this new, literal, and figurative season. And I share these with you with the hope that you'll be moved to either have the courage to share your own or have the compassion to receive someone else's with the same kind of patience and welcome that unknowingly adds a stitch to their healing heart. I've learned that at no point does our window to discover and imagine new versions of ourselves close. Never, not ever. As I reintroduce myself to anyone new who's listening, but also to old friends and seasoned listeners of this show, it feels a bit eerie to add a new title as author, a new defining nod to the work I do for the first time. At this moment, I feel myself actively shaking off the discomfort of stepping into new versions of myself. Exciting, but a bit uncomfortable. Momentous and deserved, but still insecure about this new voice I continue to exercise. Yet, if I trust the process, it does ground me in a new starting point, just as any other experience, positive or negative. I'd often both joke and affirm with a friend years ago that our biggest assets are our perspectives. You can hone talent, buy attention, you can seize an opportunity. But if you don't have strong perspective, if you don't have the capacity to view things in their true relations, nothing else can trump that. Perspective is the way we see things as a result of who we are, what we do what else we've seen and been through, how we interpret our circumstances, relationships, and our output is a marker for our maturity, our flexibility, and how much we are ready to expand ourselves. I'm actually quite obsessed with the idea of evolving perspective because I see it as a spiritual growth and personal development to be able to look at the same story or situation in hindsight and have a slightly or completely different lens through which I'm receiving and evaluating it. It means that I've gathered new context and information over time. 
I've given life the opportunity to teach me something, to shake my ego, dismantle lies others have told me or I've told myself, unravel truths I've tried to control, and breathe both newness and fairness into how I receive and evaluate life's happenings. To me, having a strong perspective means we are humble enough to know that we don't know it all, but open enough to learn more than we already know. It's knowing that no aspect of life is absolute and there is no conclusion to be drawn about life in its entirety. Every moment and every milestone we experience informs our point of view for the next. This idea around perspective serves as my voice of reason. It's a grace that gives permission to change. A lot of my writing in my essays in the Life I Swear book capture how I interpreted, through thoughts and choices, specific life moments. With every personal story I wrote, I wrote from three places, from pain, progress, and peace. Each is important to the stories I hold, and each gives room for growth and forgiveness. There is a necessity to recognize our pain, to name it, pull it apart, examine it really well, really closely, to document it sometimes. It's the only way we can really be real and to be intentional in working towards our healing. I have so needed and enjoyed this community of readers, listeners, and friends who have understood how important this is in our processing and who have had the curiosity and patience to make sense of their own stories of pain or even made space for mine. There is also a necessity to work through and beyond them, revisiting them with matured hearts. And as I continue to grow in each individual but also interconnected area of life, love, friendship, family, creativity, and spirit, I continue to go through cycles of pain, progress, and peace. Though each cycle looks very different, because I'm working from a new lens every time, as we all do, and that is what evolving while being human looks like. For many contributors and I, the publishing of this book was the first time we'd really truly shared our vulnerabilities out loud, in public. Mirrors of each other's journeys, we wrote about them, then talked about them. With some we cried, sometimes trembled in our nerves with all we celebrated, all the majesty, mystery, and mastery of Black women, owning it for ourselves as well. I am truly grateful for the opportunity to make this book come together, for the conversations it started for us out loud, and for the conversations it started internally, and for the ways in which it cemented what I know I know about Black women, and what I am learning to know about myself. The most beautiful thing about moving past our pain is the progress that awaits. That progress can come in so many forms. In creativity, it cracks open. Relationships we mend and attract. And how we contribute to the world. While I can attest to the masterful art and writing breaking its ground through pain, 
much of our progress lives on the other side of pain. And if nothing else, I hope this podcast demonstrates how through that progress, peace is actually something to be realized. It's a bit weird to have my story out there now, forever. It was the crux of my anxiousness before the book released. And for those who read, you know, I've been through some things. And to be honest, the essays I shared aren't even all of it. I'm a well of stories on stories on stories, but that is for another book. What I learned, though, is that this might be my favorite part of this story journey. Once you get those memories of hurt or confusion out of your head and onto paper, once you detox the negative narrative you've so long regurgitated or rewarded out of your system as much as humanly possible, the air you breathe feels a little lighter. There's a freeing that happens. And for me, it's been full body. My spirit, my head, my throat, and my limbs feel looser to be in the present moment. It's weird to describe it that way, but if you've ever held yourself back in any way, physically or emotionally, and felt a tension within yourself, an inability to be authentic to yourself in a moment, there is a release that happens in breakthroughs, and you recognize the difference when you're finally able to have every part of you actually stand present. It's a powerful transformation to be part of within yourself and to witness in other women. Every step of writing, editing, preparing, and sharing my essays expanded me in ways that broke through my own glass ceiling, a freeing of sorts. But what do we do with that freedom from our pasts? How do we leverage our new perspectives? How can we share these new versions of ourselves? How can we expand, evolve, and seize our newest revelations of self to carry us into new levels? I am excited for us as a collective to share stories of new beginnings, new imagining, of our creativity and second chances, of our hope and our love. I personally plan to do more of this as I continue to crawl out of my shell. We were all born with wings. Sometimes they get clipped, but that doesn't negate that we were innately created to fly. As we head into season five of this podcast, I welcome you to ask yourself these questions. I also welcome you to ask me any questions, and I shall answer. Starting next week, I look forward to sharing more stories this season from Black women on how we heal, connect, and process with ourselves and our community. I return to you next week and for the 12 weeks after, joined by guests while drizzling each episode with poetry and prose of my own. If you haven't purchased a book, Life I Swear, Intimate Stories from Black Women on Identity, Healing, and Self-Trust, please do. It's part memoir, part anthology, and it's my love offering. Until next week, and in gratitude.
Thank you for listening to Life I Swear. You can follow Life I Swear on Instagram. And if you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast fix. And learn more at lifeiswear.com. I hope you join me next week for another episode. In the meantime, be well, friend. Thank you.